0: It's time for real talk. This ain't your
1: typical talk show. It's real talk. It's time for real talk on Forge 103.9, a new sound.
0: Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is real talk, and it's it's March, which is Women's History Month, Matt. You know, so I you came to me and you're like, look, we have to get this done, right? You know me, I'm okay. I was like, I don't. Uh, women's History not that big of a deal, but you you pushed me and oh. like, oh, we got to do this, right? Oh, Women's History is.
2: I mean, with where would we be? We would where would we be, we be without yep, women? Yep, mm-hmm. The women, our moms, our sisters, uh-huh. our friends, our homies. Mm-hmm. I mean, our aunts, um, thias, ninas, everything.
0: Yeah, you know, our defenders. Our, def- yeah, exactly. <laughs> our protectors, <laughs> our caregivers. Yep, you, ter- you turned the tide on my, my uh, thought process, I'll tell you that much. I was like, you're, you're right, Matt. we got to put this together. And we have our first amazing guest in the building, don't we? Yes, we do. Now, I, there's so much. I, I, I had
2: to figure out how do I introduce our wonderful guest because she also happens to be a very dear friend of, of mine and my wife. Now, this individual was recently selected as Woman of the Year in the 32nd District by Assembly Member Rudy Salas. Now, I've got to read this quote. This is from Rudy. It was in the paper. As a strong community leader, passionate nonprofit activist and businesswoman, Raji Brar is a pillar of our community who has helped improve the lives of thousands of Central Valley families. Okay, that's from Rudy. Uh. (laughs) I mean, right there. Okay, now check this out. Our guest also sits on multiple community boards, including the Bakersfield Sikh Women's Association, which he also helped found. And we also served together on the CSUB Alumni oh. Association. Uh, it was like when I first came out, I was like, oh, my gosh, there's Raji. Okay, I'm on the right board. Yeah, yeah. And like you see they, Raji in there. If she's there,
0: we're doing good work. Yeah. <laughs> now, if
2: you've been in the audience of one of her many amazing, amazing speaking engagements, you already know that her presence at the podium or in the crowds is one of pure inspiration, professionalism, strength, and class. Mm -hmm. I mean, hands down, one of this community's most beloved figures. Please welcome to Real Talk Raju Brar, COO of Countryside Market and Restaurants.
3: Oh wow! Yay.
4: Thank you, thank you. That's no. a wonderful introduction. Right, oh, I
2: could have kept on going. <laughs> right, I had to condense it. <laughs> I had to condense it. I Raju, it. we are so happy uh, you're here because, as Bob said, you know it's Women's History Month, and you know we should be celebrating Women's History. It's 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 365 days a year. Absolutely. Uh, the women in our lives, uh, the the women in our communities, these figures that have. They help transform communities. So, you know, if there's an issue, you know, you, you call the women. The women come yep. in and I, they, you know, they give the cariño. They give th- the love. They right. know how to communicate. They know how to make things happen. And you're one of
0: the, you know, I don't, you're, not even you're just one of those women. leaders. Yeah, not even just women. We were just talking off air before. We are like, Raji isn't just one of the people that you call for anything. She's the person you call, right? Like wow. if there's something Thank wrong, you contact Raji. Like, hey, look, this is going on. And mm-hmm. like he said, when he saw that he, you were on the board, it's just great to be in your presence. So that's kind of awesome. why we, we reached out to you because, you know, women's history is so important. And, and you just not only have a staple in this community, right, you, you set an example. So we kind of want to go back, right? Wow, Thank We you. don't want to start from where your accomplishments are now. We want to okay. talk about, like, um, how did you come into this community? Were you born in Kern County? Um, you know, where, where did you get your first steps in?
4: Wow. Well, first of all, honored to be here, and kudos to you all for caring enough to talk about women's history. That's so important. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know it's important because... We have to celebrate how far women have come because it wasn't too long ago when we weren't able to do the things we get to do now. Yeah. So that's why we have to keep this going. Absolutely. What was it,
0: sixty seven they got the right to uh, women got the right to vote, right?
4: Absolutely. In the eighties you couldn't get a bank loan without your husband's That
0: That is ridiculous. To
4: start a business. So In that wasn't long ago. Yeah. In
0: twenty twenty two, I'm hoping my girlfriend signs the bank loan for me you know, like, <laughs> right? It ain't me anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right? Absolutely. But Yes, go ahead. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. Where do
2: we even start with this biography?
4: It's crazy, huh? It's yeah. been a long life. Uh, well, I mean, just, I wasn't born in Bakersfield, but I love where your station is because I grew up right around the corner. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I was born in, um, so many folks think I've already heard our family story. You know, I'm first generation Punjabi Sikh American. My mm-hmm. folks started in the U.S. as farm workers. We grew up in farm labor camps out in the Central Valley, Mendota, Biola, Fresno County area. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of Sikhs did that when they first came here in the 60s and 70s. Regardless of your education in those days, you know, chances are you aren't going to get that good job. So everybody was in the fields. And um, it was amazing. It was a great time. You know, as a child, I loved it. You grew up around your cousins and family. And, you know, you were none the wiser, like, hey, uh, we're struggling. But it was good. It was fun. We were loved. Uh, But my dad had a vision, like he knew he wanted more, that's why he came here, right? Most immigrants come here because they weren't doing so good back home or didn't have any opportunity back home. And my dad uh, took a chance and he started his life here. My mom was already here. You know, her aunt brought her here through chain migration. My mom came when she was 15. Um, So my parents were just here trying to live that American dream. I was born here. My brother and I were born here. And they wanted more for us. And that's kind of how our life journey started. You know, as you guys, you know, I don't know if yeah. you're first generation yeah. or not, but you understand the struggles. Mm. And um, then he moved to Bakersfield. You know, he was like, you know, big old Bakersfield. There's better opportunities here. Just kind of wanted to get out of that bubble of everyone either working in, in farm labor camps or working at the factories. You yeah. know, he mm-hmm. wanted something better. And so he thought, Bakersfield, closer to L.A., but not L.A. Let's try this. And he did. He came here. He worked, you know, for a while at a factory, you know, yeah. the little factory, yeah. Johnny Cap. But he got a job at the post office, which was massive for our mm-hmm. family because it was a federal job, right? It's, it's
0: one yeah. of those jobs growing up. You're like, post wow. office. Post like, if office. You, can get you got in, benefits, get right? Uh-huh.
4: You're going to get insurance. You're going to get retirement. It's a federal job. Yeah. So my dad, we were like, dang, dad got a job at the post office. We're yeah. big time. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny how you look at life, but. He did that. My mom worked at Burger King, you know, right here. It used to be a Burger King in California. It's no longer there. It's like a dental office now. I don't know what happened uh, yeah. to it. But my mom got, and she was so happy to be working at Burger King because she was yeah. like, I'm not in the fields, I'm indoors. I'm mm-hmm. doing fancy stuff. We're excited. Mm-hmm. Like, this is cool. But then my dad kept, you know, he still had a vision. We we're just kids, right? And his vision was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, you know, and he started selling real estate. And that was huge for our family. Because that's where he got his extra side yeah. income. Side hustle, right? Everyone talks about side hustle. That was his side hustle. He saved that money.
3: Yeah.
4: And he kept working. did not mean he stopped. So I keep telling people, like, if they want to do business. Like, you got to save money. You know, you gotta, you got to make sure your ends are covered. And he made sure with that post office job, my mom's job, that we were good. And that extra money, he kept saving and working hard in real estate. And he wasn't just average. Like, he was killing it. Like, he was just hustling and City, like the yeah. number one ben, listing benches, agent. Yeah. yeah. Oh. listing agent. He was just working it. And, um, then he bought his first convenience store. It was just a, a nasty little convenience store in Oildale. Yeah. You know, Oildale wasn't fun to work in, but <laughs> yeah. you know, we did it. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history. That's kind of where yeah. it started. And, uh, from that, you know, one to two, to three to four, the kids got involved. I mm-hmm. got involved. My brother mm-hmm. got involved and we just kept growing and growing and, and here we are today, and it's a beautiful thing. We love what we get to do. We do a lot of random stuff, from <laughs> winning mac and cheese festivals to yeah. you know um, building out shopping centers. Yeah. Um. But that's the American dream. Yeah, and, absolutely. And we're we're living it. So. Oh, really that's good. an.
2: That, it is a, it is a wonderful history. It's one of those beautiful, amazing uh, immigrant stories, yeah. and I love to hear these stories, especially yeah. how far people come. Now let's go back to when you were growing up. Being, uh, you know, the Sikh community, mm-hmm. you know, us Latinos, we have, you know, everybody has their communities, Absolutely. immigrant communities. Now, the Sikh community, when you're talking about, did you say the 60s?
4: Well, my was mom it? came in the 60s, okay, yeah, the and 60s. my dad came in the 70s, yeah.
2: Now, the Sikh the communities in the Central Valley, where were they, was there certain concentrations or yes. were just... Yeah.
4: Absolutely. They were in the farms, in the fields. So they came to Central Valley. Mm-hmm. So actually one of my mom's um, uncles was one of the first Sikh immigrants who came illegally in like 1910 through yeah. the mm-hmm. ships, through China and yeah. San Francisco. Ah. And because where we're from in Punjab is just like the Central Valley, they farm, Agland. So they kind of just migrated here in the Central Valley, um, up north by Yuba City area, Sacramento, yeah. Fresno County, and... They were there was nobody else around. And actually, there's some great stories of actually Punjabis and Mexican marriages back in the oh, 1920s wow. and 30s. Whoa. Because in those days, you will have to read about it. It's all in the museums. Uh-huh. The Punjabi men weren't allowed to go back home because of the Alien um, Exclusion Act and a bunch of laws. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So they had to settle here. And what they had were Latinas because it was so the culture was so similar. So there's so many families that were formed in those days, in the 40s and the 50s, that were Punjabi and Mexicans. And there's a huge heritage and there's like a whole museum dedicated to those families in the Yuba City area Uh that occurred. But after the law was passed in 1947, it was lifted and you were allowed to go back home. You could own land. And that's when the Sikhs that were here went back home, Mm -hmm. married folks, by the grace of God, and chain (laughs) migration. People like me got to come here. So that's kind of how it all it started, and um, everybody just you know the communities you sit where you are, and everybody just stayed, you know, working in the fields. That's what they did back home, mm-hmm. and that was just. And our folks aren't very educated, you know. We're not. I know people think Indians. They think, oh, doctors, lawyers. Nope, mm-hmm. not my people. <laughs> the Sikh community <laughs> yeah. mostly are agri, you know, agrarians. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we do. We live off the land, farm the land. So Strong working class. Working class, even back home. So it was like when they came here it was just beautiful it's like they were still home
3: oh wow
2: yeah yeah i love it i love it and and you go fast forward through all the history from this you know the 70s into the present all the pioneering figures Mm -hmm. that helped uh build the the sea community become you know to go into those places you know how they say you know we walk so you can run are there who are some of the figures from from those
4: well you know It's, you know, I'm going to say something. I think for me, it would be on a more personal level, like just the women in my family, because as you are well aware, um, we're still trying to grow, you know, the Mm -hmm. Sikh women. We're we're out here trying to get more ladies involved, get more folks that we can say like, hey, look what she's done or look what she's done. But for us, it was our, you know, our relatives, our aunts, our puas, our masis, our tias, as you would say, these ladies who were just working side by side with their husbands in the fields, but then come home and cook up a dinner and take care of their families. Mm-hmm. And those were our role models, right? At that time, um, and I think I've said this before, growing up for me, there wasn't, I couldn't turn on the TV and see somebody who looked like me. It just, it wasn't there. Yeah. It wasn't there. And the closest thing I had, I mean, it any woman of color, it just mm-hmm. was not there. And I'm, I'm 46, and I didn't get to see that. And I will tell you, for me, when I started to shift a bit, was maybe 20 years ago, and that's Uh not not Mm that long ago. That's
0: not long ago at all. Right?
4: And so um, even then, I still can't tell you today, like, okay, here's a Sikh woman figure. My cousin, Miss Valerie Kaur, she's on (laughs) CNN, and and she makes us so uber proud. Um, Actually, her grandpa was the one who came back in 1910, right? and that's who my mom lived with, was Valerie's family when she first came. and she's she's amazing. She's done so much for I think women in general, and um, she's out there. But we still got a long way to go. Yeah, we still got a long way to go. And it's great when we see Latinas out there making it. That that's our people. We yeah. see African American. like, Oh, that's our people. Or women in general doing big things. You know, yes. is huge for us. Um, and it, whether it's politics and sports or or business, uh, you know, I'll, you know what? When I used to come home from school, I'm gonna tell you this. It sounds so cliche. I couldn't wait, like I think I was in sixth grade, to watch Oprah. It sounds yeah. funny, but like it was like
0: it's a it's a woman. It's, it's a it's woman, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and she was
4: talking about all these important things, and she was a black woman talking yeah. about, which was like you all know oh, that's yeah. that's like a yeah. <laughs> you know it like, was unheard wow. of
2: on on, uh, on on a network TV on network know? TV.
4: <laughs> so was it anybody who looked like me? No, but if I did see a woman, boy, did I gravitate towards that. Like, how did she make it? How did she do it? Um, because it was hard. Yeah. It was just really, really hard. And then in my culture it's even doubly hard uh, because we have this patriarchy in our culture, which is so hard to challenge. Um, but like I always say, I had amazing support system, my dad, my brother, and then eventually my husband was, you know, super supportive. But if I didn't have those great men in my life, do I think I'd be sitting here with you guys today? No
0: wow I you know wouldn't. you know um there's a lot of talk on the internet and you know especially in 2022 people are like you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps oh, kim kardashian here part, we go. oh yeah yeah <laughs> the hard work the hard work <sighs> hey, kim um but being part of this community and you know me and matt have talked to you and of course interviewed you a couple times um i know the story of your first subway right in yes, Arvin, right yes. and then you come back and you talk about how like the the men and the fa- your father really opened these opportunities Absolutely. to you right can we talk about that story about uh, the subway in Arvin? Because not only is it just like him creating the opportunity, yeah. it's you taking the ball, running with yeah. it when t- people told you you could not, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that that was my life-changing phone call. Like I could tell you, like, you know, as you get older, you guys will have these milestones, okay? You're going to remember them. Like, <laughs> that's when that fork in the road happened. But for me, I remember I was sitting at Clinica Sierra Vista, uh-huh. and I was the executive assistant to Stephen Schilling. And you yes, all know Stephen Mr. Schilling. Steve what a character that was um and i, I was uh, not happy not because of clinica or steve i just felt like i know i was meant for more that's crazy but you know it if you know it you have right? that itch You're you just, just like, have that itch i'm like oh man like i know i could be doing more and i literally was sitting there thinking okay it's two o'clock it's three o'clock when yeah, i have to clock mm-hmm. out and that's that's not a good place to be in got a phone call my dad called me at the office he goes hey do you want to open a Subway in Arvin? I stood up. I was like, yes, and I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know where Arvin was. Yeah. I didn't even like, you know. I was like, let's just do something because I think mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, your kid too. Yeah. And I think he could see me fading. Yeah. Like, like this isn't, you know, she did her degree. She's that's gonna fine. start clocking
0: mm-hmm. in, clocking out. And that's yeah. It.
4: She's got her master's, but she doesn't. She doesn't look right. And um, he's like, well, go go look for a spot. So I got my husband. We drove around Arvin. We're looking for spots. You know, kind of just you know, boots on the ground, Found a spot. Had to track down the landlord. Um, and he owned a liquor store on Union, Albert Marquez. Uh, and I know he's Blodgy's relative, uh, Blodgy's <laughs> uncle, you know, to a small town. And, uh, but at that time, Subway, you're a Subway corporate, and yeah. only they can communicate for you. Right, You're not supposed to communicate for them. So, like, I went to see Subway. You know, you have to go talk to them. And their concern was in those days, 18 years ago, they told me, well, Hispanics don't eat sandwiches.
2: <laughs> oh, my
0: God. <laughs> I I okay this is a sandwich weird, we I eat my bison sand- the sand- right? sandwich <laughs> right? I eat my turkey sandwich right? with lemon like okay. come on okay. like but you <laughs> I'm Hispanic as a kid Remember
4: this is 18 years ago yeah. and I'm like what and I was like why like why and I remember thinking well what do you think Indians eat like I mean we eat sandwiches yeah. Now, yeah. I'm like this is my people I understand we love anything new and I know growing from small towns mm-hmm. if you get anything new in that town it's hitting right. everybody yeah. wants uh, to be there 100% uh-huh. because People go home, and after they're home from work, they want to go have dinner, and they want to go places. And if all you got is McDonald's, you know, how many days are you going to eat McDonald's, yeah, right? Yeah. So anyways, long story short, they're like, fine, it's on you. If it fails, it's not on We're us. We're getting paid already. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, you're not getting your franchisee back. I'm like, yeah. it's all good. Like, I will do it. And um, we did. We, we found the cheapest contractor, you know, back in those days. Uh, his name was Bob. Never forget Bob. I don't know where Bob is now. <laughs> but he took forever uh-huh. we did all the demo work which is awesome right okay. like we came in with sledgehammers yeah. we did all the demo all this stuff you know I tell the story all of our homies our friends helped us we used to get tacos from across the street and beer and pay him just yeah. for helping us we got Bob and I think we paid him 20 grand
3: oh wow to do
4: the whole thing back in those days which is nothing uh-huh. but we didn't have anything and so mm. we did it and um, I remember just thinking oh Jesus the night before like did i screw up did i make a mistake what am i gonna do but then that's why i'm like that's okay that's why you have your degree so if you're listening get your education because i could go back and get a job at least Uh Mm -hmm. um and you know what we opened and it was gangbusters i mean we killed it like we had lines out the door around the sidewalk i couldn't even leave my this the station i was there (laughs) morning till night because it was it was beyond my wildest dreams, yeah. and we broke sales records, okay? And so Subway was, like, sending me flowers. Oh, 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 oh.
0: oh we knew and that we this knew. was going to be a hit. Um, <laughs> they but, always come back around, huh? Right? <laughs> yeah.
4: But it was just like, ah, oh, okay, God. It was meant to be. Like, this was right. And that was my first foray into business, uh-huh. and it taught me everything from the ground up because my dad was that kind of person. Even when you rode your bike, he was like, ride your bike. I got you. Turn around. He's gone, right? He's like, you're on your own. Yeah. You know, push you in the pool. That's how my dad taught us. Like, okay. And he came the first day, didn't come back again.
2: (laughs) So you had to do the HR thing and you had to do everything. everything. He was like, you need to
4: learn it. And that's how you learn, right? Sink Mm -hmm. or swim. And it was the best way for us. And I think every parent knows their child. And that was great for me because I was like, I had to hire people on the spot. I had to get to know people. Okay. Then I started to learn understanding. Okay. This is, and I got really good at reading people. And I, Mm and I honed in on that was my skill. It wasn't, am I this amazing businesswoman? I was good with people. Yeah. And when you're in business, you got to have that skill. I was good with my customers and my employees, but I also put in the work. Mm-hmm. To you know, I don't miss Kim K.'s point. I don't know about what she's talking about, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, as in, I wasn't like, "Oh, I'm a business owner. I'm leaving for the day. Yeah. I got staff." No, Tulum.
0: I'm on my way. Yeah, no, yeah. there is no
4: Tulum. I to this day, I don't vacation much at all, uh-huh. at all. But I was in my store morning till close because your team has to see that. there was no mogul of one subway, yeah. and I am like all this money into it, and I better make it. And that's where the hard work comes in because you have to put in the work. And it's not just for two months or three months. It's for years sometimes. And that is what that subway taught me. It was my training ground.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Raji, we have to go to, sure. uh, to break, you know, but there's one last question. And, and again, we appreciate your time. Sure. Um, you know, if there's someone who's kind of struggling like how you're talking about, right, whether they're at McDonald's or an executive where they're just clocked, uh, counting down the hours to the minutes. Yes. So they clock out. Right. What's some inspiration or advice that you can give those people?
4: Well, I think you have to figure out what is it that makes you tick. What is it? For me, do I think it was just a business? No, I think it was for me. I realized I was good with people. And sitting in front of a computer wasn't using my best talents. And there's some people who actually should be in front of a computer because mm-hmm. that is their best talent. But for me, that was not. And that's what I learned in business. Like I said, it's not like I'm this, I have a love for making sandwiches or tacos, yeah, yeah. but I have a love for working with people and bringing out the best in them. And so for me, that was the great avenue. So mm-hmm. you got to figure out what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah. Well, found her calling. Yeah, she knocked it out <laughs> the park, yes. right? <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> you know, Raji, thank you so much. We we appreciate you here at Forge, but the community appreciates oh. you too. And you know, uh, thank you for coming on and telling your story and, and inspiring uh, you know our listeners to just. Take that extra step. And, you know, opportunities are great, but you have to work hard when those opportunities present themselves. Absolutely. So thank you so much. You have anything else to say? Well,
2: Matt? yes. Just thank you so much, Raji. I mean, she's probably off to go do another speaking engagement <laughs> right? and inspire more people. <laughs> so that's, star- you know, and that's just what she just shared with us is just one little portion of a bigger story. Uh, the countryside markets are all over Kern County. If you go to my old hometown of, uh, my little hometown of McFarland, Yay. there's a Taco Bell because of countryside there you, go. Uh, you go to the uh, the mac and cheese festivals and or you enjoy this delicious chili verde mac that's because Raji's family you got <laughs> kern county fair they have their own booth there now. <laughs> yeah yep. so you know hands down the best chili verde mac in kern county and probably california they've they've, they've solved the riddle <laughs> yep you know yep. and so we just thank you want to give you your flowers oh thank you. it's women's history month mm-hmm. you're making history history now and you serve as a role model for everybody Yep. Men, women, all over Kern County. Thank you so much, Raji Bhar.
4: Thank you all. Appreciate
0: it. And that's it. Thank you so much. Forge 103.9, a new sound. This is Real Talk, and we are back celebrating Women's History Month, Matt, right? Yes. We, we already are. had one amazing guest on, right? Mm-hmm. Raji Barar. We talked about her amazing, just, uh, uh you know, I want to say, dominance coming out, right? Just going from getting a master's degree, right? And we didn't even touch on that. We didn't touch on any of her education, right? To like developing this huge, huge community outreach that she does and you know, we just have another amazing guest, don't we? Yes, we do and I have, I'm so excited
2: about this because it's been a long time coming so I'm gonna do something real special. I got this amazing woman has been a familiar voice to listeners across the country for some time now from her home base in Phoenix, Arizona as the host of her own show, The Dana Cortez Show. Depending on your time zone, she's been your morning or afternoon drive time companion, along with her husband and co-host DJ Automatic and BFF comedian Anthony A. With the popular segments like Down in the DMs and Your Daily Dirt. All the listeners should be familiar with this because they're amazing and they crack me up. Now, after more than a decade entertaining the airwaves and building her brand, Dana Cortez became the first syndicated Latina Mexican-American morning drive radio in 2018. So that's huge right there. And that's where it just starts. She's been a friend to Forge Listeners since 2020, continuing to make history as an inspiration and role model, not only to women of all ages, but the entire Latinx community. Now, if you followed her socials and you listen to this powerhouse of a Latina, you already know she's a force to be reckoned with, and we're so honored to finally have her on the show. Please welcome to Real Talk, the one, the only, Dana Cortez. Un aplauso. My God, thank you. I need you both
5: just to... In, when i'm entering a room you should go first and say all that <laughs> yeah, All that. anytime i'm walking in a room please
0: <laughs> you're like matt can you can, can you uh say yeah. what we need to say yeah to bob, bob will come that's
2: out with beautiful.
5: the
0: bob will come out with bob the trumpets da,
5: da, 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 <laughs> and then we'll introduce <laughs>
2: you the, the tubas like a banda well
5: thank you both so much for that that's beautiful and i appreciate being a part of this and for both of you thinking of me,
0: thank you. Gracias. Oh, you're very welcome. You know, before we get into like your history and stuff like that, I just want to give you your flowers, right? Um, I'm I'm 26, so I didn't really grow up in like the radio golden age, but I remember uh, when you first came in in Bakersfield and you were overnights. I mean, am um, afternoons. Um, we're drive. I was driving and I heard one of your um, down in the DMs, and I just thought to myself, I was like, "Damn, this is good radio. Like yeah. this is damn good <laughs> radio right here." And I was like. Holy crap, like I I like I fell in love with like what I do all over again. I just want to give you your flowers before we kind of talk about um, you know, your history and where you started.
5: I'm glad you said that though because I think we do do radio a little bit differently. I didn't start per se in the golden age, but I did start in enough that I I feel like I've been blessed to have those who've been in the business for a very long time and mm-hmm. those who are just now falling in love with the business. So we we pride ourselves on kind of being in the middle of that, because you can't do old, old school radio per se, mm-hmm. but at the same time, where I, I feel like myself and my team, I have such a great team. We are savvy enough to understand mm. what people want today. People listen very differently to audio, you know, social media is incorporated, podcasts, all of that, and we really have found that happy place right in the middle and brought it to radio i get people listening all the time telling me you know oh my gosh i never listen to radio i'm listening to the radio again and it feels good and also i just want to throw this out there any podcasters that are actually successful at this moment they came from radio
2: Facts. So <laughs> yeah, I, you
5: know, i'm just saying i'm just saying so i just wanted to throw that out there gotta love radio
2: oh absolutely absolutely and uh, you know i i remember the golden age and I remember the current age because and that's why I was so drawn to you. I was like, wow, we have a Latina on the radio who's actually like, um, you know, she's been through the industry. She's been in the industry for a while. She's on these stations with like hip hop. I mean, you are on, not on just on hip hop stations. You are on, you know, uh, mixed mixed lists. I mean, you have alternative rock, uh, Latino music. reggaeton hip-hop and then there's Mm -hmm. the Dana Cortez show that says a lot about you and why people love you so much and the reason why your brand continues to grow
0: so once again more flowers to you yeah but let's get into the history Dana (laughs) right um uh I I know Matt kind of has it all written out already but like where did you kind of grow up and like kind of give us like an environment like um you know were you like happy growing up were you sad or did you like strive to do more than what most people wanted you to do
5: You know what's interesting, and I think I have a a similar um, background and maybe similar story to a lot of people who listen, who tune in. I grew up, you know, we we always say the words humble beginnings, basically in poverty. I grew up in Big Spring, Texas, which is a small, tiny, I mean, town. You know, it's a town in, in the South where segregation was just part of society. That's just the way it was. My mom... Um, didn't have running water or an indoor bathroom until she was 14 years old. People will often ask, oh, so you come from Mexico. I'm like, no, no, that was in the United States. And my mom is in her 60s. It's not like this was 100 years ago or something. You know Mm, what I mean? This uh is uh, recent history. And so growing up with those kind of beginnings, I was very blessed, although we did not have a lot. The one thing that my grandmother who raised me, my nana, uh, may she rest in peace, my uncle Frankie, always stressed to me and my mother was always there you know she was going to school at the time which is why i was with my grandmother and and my uncle was education and books reading when i would read i would go to places that i couldn't even imagine you know but in these books i would go there and, and imagine myself you know in in new york or imagine myself in the middle east or imagine myself visiting china i would take myself to these places because Really, my barrio, there was, you know, um, nothing. There was nothing. And there was very little hope. There was very little hope. And so that's what I hope to offer to people when they listen is that we don't have to stay on the block we were born in. And we can also make that block better. Because my message is we live in the greatest country. People fight and die to come here. There should be no place in this country where people need to get out of. It's a shame. You know, it's a shame that we say, well, I got out. No, 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 we need to give back. Mm-hmm. So those neighborhoods that we grew up in and we blossomed in are better. Yeah. And we don't have to talk about it in that kind of way. So, you know, I grew up in poverty, but I grew up with a family who um, always told me that I could be anything I wanted to be and do anything I wanted to do. My Uncle Frankie never told me I was a girl and that I couldn't. He always told me, you will and you can
2: it's always great to others. have a, a, one of those Theos that that tells you that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when I when I when I heard b- uh, Big Spring, Texas, it reminds me of like and the way you describe it, it sounds like you know Texas. It sounds like a one horse town, and you just see tumbleweeds going across <laughs> going across that's the dirt it. roads.
5: That's, that's really it. That, and and we still own our casita. My grandfather built that casita with his own oh. two hands. It's made out of uh, adobe. Oh, it's wow. It's twelve inches thick, like the old way. is still standing there. Um, I'm proud. Of where I come from people will say I came from nothing and that's not true that's a lie you came from something we all come from something and my history has uh, contributed to who I am today had it not been for those struggles had it not been for those lessons I would not be the woman I am and so I'm very happy that that is my history
0: Yes. You know, Dan, I want to kind of like speed it up a little bit and get to like when you got into radio. Right. You talk mm-hmm. a lot about like your foundation, whether it's like your Uncle Frankie or like your Nana. Right. Like these these fundamental foundation. Is that what kind of gave you the inspiration to be like, hey, yeah, there is no Latinas like that in radio or they We're not really taken seriously in radio. Right. Um, did that give you the inspiration to just keep on driving when the doors were closed and you were like, you know what, I'm going to keep going through these doors or finding the next door to open up.
5: Oh, man, wouldn't that be wonderful if I had that kind of foresight? No, no, not at all.
0: We always think that's uh, that in the hindsight. Man, huh? don't
5: I wish I could just say, yeah, I was here fighting for all the women. <laughs> no, I, no, I was fighting to put food on the table. I was in a terrible relationship, and I will make this as short as possible. Bad relationship, but the man did uh, want to be in radio. He cheated on me with a woman in radio who is, by the way, a very popular personality in the city we lived in at the time. Mm-hmm. Long story short, she helped me get into radio, Oh, wow. And um, I actually quit. He made me quit. I wrote the program director a letter. He gave me a second chance, and the rest is history. Here I am. For me, I had a child at 15, so I was very young when I started radio. And I had worked every job. I shined shoes. I cleaned rooms. I bartended, waited tables. I literally have done almost any job, just anything to put food on the table. The one thing I always did with all these jobs is network and try to move ahead, network and try to move ahead i've always been a great communicator that comes from reading and Uh self-education i'm not formally educated um and when i started radio i couldn't believe i was getting paid i was like wow i'm getting paid to host a party i'm gonna hustle this into a (laughs) career and i did and here i am and once i did acquire the position not understanding fully what it meant to do morning drive at the time when i started over 10 years ago there were no women opening the mic, especially on a hip-hop or rhythmic station. It was just unheard of, let alone a little Mexican-American girl from West Texas. It just was not heard. It was unheard of. And so um, I hustled my way into it, and then I realized how important and the, and the significance of what it meant as a whole to not just Latina women, to women in general looking around, not only in broadcasting, but in all areas of our society, so I started to take it very seriously, and um, and the rest is history. Here I am. <laughs> did, did you
2: start out? Did you start out uh, maybe reading the news or being an assistant or something like that? When did you jump on the mic?
5: Day one, man. I never had to do promotions or anything. That's oh, wow. Saying, really. oh wow!
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Day one, I started part time, and I, it came to me so naturally. I, I my I will say this to, to my nana. She told me. When I was little, you need to be on TV. You need to do radio. You need to do Mm -hmm. law something. You're so smart, Nija. You always have an answer. You're so knowledgeable. And, of course, you don't listen to your parents. You don't know anything. (laughs) Had I only listened to her, I would have got a jump on it. Um, I'm very blessed, very grateful to have gotten that opportunity. I started out part-time. Within two weeks, I was filling in for full-time positions. Within six months, I was a program director. Wow, wow. In Midland, Odessa, and I under and I was I was privileged in, um, you know, being a part of a flip, understanding why companies uh, change formats, building a radio station from the ground up, you know, immersing myself into research, imaging, scheduling music, writing—I mean, everything—and that was like the best lesson I ever got for radio. I wanted to shout out John Canellaria who uh, who helped me with that too because he gave me that uh. That position when like I said when it was just unheard of to give a woman a position like that so thank you John
2: now one of the things I've always been curious about was when the Dana yes. Cortez show debuts starts to build momentum starts simmering on the airwaves starts growing and growing and growing at what point at did you know, point you know and did you start realizing that you guys were onto something and this show was gonna start to blow up before I mean this is before syndication what were you guys thinking was gonna happen with the show
5: you know what's crazy? My husband, DJ Automatic, is the one that changed the show to the Dana Cortez show. We'd be out, you know, meeting people, and he's like, people just want to meet you. He's like, you got a line of people, especially little girls. To mm-hmm. so this day, it's always small children that come up, young girls, young boys, too, that want to meet me. And he said, this is not the house party. This is the Dana Cortez show. And the more and more... um you know, we would grow from Albuquerque to San Antonio, Houston, you know, all these markets, the more it it was apparent that we need to do something else. And then we were approached by a couple of companies, and in the end, um, it was ABC we signed with initially, and now we're with Skyview. And I just, you know, all the people that believed, it's crazy because you don't really feel that way. I'm sure, Matt, I'm sure, Bob, you you know you're so busy working you're not even taking in the moment sometimes right
3: yeah.
5: And I, <laughs> yeah i remember um you you're just all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh i'm here you know oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> my my feelings my el used to always when we were when i was little and of course i just told you we grew up in poverty so these were dreams he would tell me mija one day i'm going to take you to disney world or disneyland where do you want to go i didn't even have a concept of what that was yeah. I didn't know but I knew that world sounded bigger than land. <laughs> I would tell him, Disney World, Disney World and it's oh, I don't want to get emotional, but when I signed my deal with ABC, I was at Disney World and I felt like, Oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm I'm here at Disney World where my Theo said he was gonna bring me and man, let me tell you. That was it was just it was like everything that I hadn't even known I wanted came to pass, you know. You're not even allowed to want these things when you come from a place where I came from. And so, man, we need to be allowed. We need to be, you know, given these opportunities because we all work so hard. Everybody, you go to these barrios, you go to these neighborhoods, everybody's working hard. But there's no opportunity, and that's how you get ahead. So I'm sorry. But man, I remember that when I was little and being there at Disney World, it was just it felt like unbelievable. Oh, and I so love it. I'm just so grateful, you know, and geez. I didn't mean to cry. No, 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 it's okay. <laughs> i am I'm, oh.
2: I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And and I love that. That's that's why we wanted we were so excited to be able to talk to you because we knew that I mean, if if you follow all uh, the oh. listeners out there, if you follow Dana on her on her Instagram, she's always been very open about her life, her history, everything, her struggles. She she's very open about how she feels, how she's feeling at the time. Whether there's maybe some some online bullying or something like that goes on. But you know what, Dana always has always found a way to turn around to bring people together, and because she glows, right, Bob? Yeah, Thank yeah. You, Thank
0: you know, you. Dana, I just want to. Uh, we 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 have to wrap up, but you know, there's um. A story that you told at the beginning right where you uh your, your nana would tell you to read books and you know dream big and when you would read these books you would go into like different worlds right yeah. um and then we talk about representation right inspiring people not only who look like us but who come from the same exact situations as us right and um i just want to say your stories kind of touched me because i was me and matt are from uh, uh kern county right matt grew up in a small town called mcfarland i grew up in a small town called wasco I think we've had together those towns have four stoplights yep. overall, right? <laughs> like,
5: I, I remember. Can, I can, yes, I, I can relate. Exactly. Re- recently paved roads.
0: <laughs> but, e- but still the tumbleweeds. <laughs> yep, yep. We just got a Walmart in my hometown. It was the greatest thing ever, right? Um, right
5: it's like a big old grand opening. Goes, uh, I know, I know. Like,
0: did, you got your groceries from Walmart? That was like the, the, <laughs> yeah. the status quo, right? But um, um, then you also talked about, like, you, you know, people giving you opportunities and like radio. And then talking about these um, things, I just want to say um, for me to get into radio, uh, it was Charlemagne got uh, the God's book on um, Black Privilege, where he talked about how he just asked. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It was just one of those things. And so I'm kind of just asking you with all these things that you've learned and, you know, like, um, uh, and you know, they inspire people. Could you give something like some type of inspirational, like don't give up, don't give it to the listeners. Right. Because, you know, you've been in difficult situations and. I don't want to use the term "made it out," right? Because you do give back, like like you said, but you know you you've made it into your circumstances way better than you know most could. So, can you kind of like just give people inspiration about that? Because I think that's what's really important, not only from representation, but like talking about your story.
5: I think that the you know the best piece of advice that my Theo Frankie ever gave me is you have to tell people what you want. You can't be afraid and. I did say this a little bit when I was breaking down, you know, sometimes when you're in a place of, you know, poverty or whatever the case is, you feel like you, you, you can't ask or you can't dream or you can't hope or you don't know. And, I, you know, reading every day, educating yourself, doesn't mean necessarily going to school, going out and talking to different people and telling people what you want. Say it. Manifest it. And then work toward it. And don't be afraid. I just told you about all the jobs I had. And every job that I had, I networked to move up the ladder. And I networked with people, whether it was, you know, at the, at the burger joint or, like I said, working overnights at the convenience store. I would meet somebody, communicate with them, tell them what I wanted, get a better job, and so on and so on. But it really is not being afraid to tell people what you want and what you're worth. More importantly, it's very difficult when you come from poverty to say I want more because you're just you're conditioned to think oh well this is enough and you have to value yourself because if you don't value yourself others won't either it's not an easy road either I have not made it in any way I'm still climbing you know Um, it's hard being a woman first of all I want to shout out to all women because we know we're underpaid and overworked, and we have to do twice the job. You get home, you gotta la you gotta <laughs> clean or wash clothes, you gotta take care of the kids and everything else too, and then you gotta perform at work as well. So, you know, just don't be afraid to ask for what you want and uh, demand your worth. That's so, it.
2: so when is your when book is coming your book? out? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I've been thinking about writing a book for a long time. It, it, it is something that, you know, um, I think that I will do eventually. Um, it, it's hard, though. You know, it's hard to write a book because I think, I, you know, I get so emotional about it. But I think mm. it could help a lot of people. The title of my book is Red, White, and Brown.
2: Yeah. Oh wow. So that's, <laughs> that's, fire. Yeah. that's fire. That,
5: that's fire. That's I've already named it. I've already started it. Red, White, and Brown coming soon, hopefully a New York Times bestseller.
2: Absolutely.
0: A hundred percent. You know what, Dana? Thank you so much for your time. We not only appreciate you coming on and, and taking this interview, but we appreciate all the stuff that you do. You know, um, with with your show here at Forge, and just like being an inspiration for just you know Latinos and Latinas across the nation. We really appreciate you. She's making history. It's Women's History Month, and Dana Cortez is making history now. It's in the books. Yep, and make sure to tune in to her show on Forge one hundred three point nine. Again, thank you, Dana.
5: Love you guys. Thank you. Bye bye.
0: Bye bye. Forge 103.9, a new sound. We are back with Real Talk, and all day during Real Talk, Matt, we've been going over women's history, right? It's Mm -hmm. Women's History Month, and we've had two amazing guests on already, and you said we're just going to knock it out of the park with this one, right?
2: Yes, rounding out our special guests because, you know, like I said, if we had more time, we would have more. But you know what? We're coming in strong, and I just want to start out with this wonderful introduction because this person deserves it. Now, when someone drops the label Superwoman, Uh uh-huh. So many people come to mind because we have or know of so many super types in our lives. There's super moms, there's super sisters, super teachers, and super community leaders. Our next guest, Carla Barrientos, is one of those super women who do the work in our community making it a better place. Carla is a veteran educator, working more than a decade teaching and advocating for children with disabilities including autism. She's highly trained in the areas of encouraging language development in early childhood. She teaches workshops on a variety of topics and all centered around education, ensuring our children get the help and the resources they need to live their best life. Carla is a respected mentor. She served on on a number of local boards, including serving as the president of the CSUB Alumni Association. She's the founder of Practical Parenting, one of the hosts of the popular local podcast, Hello Bakersfield, and yes, a super-duper mom. Please welcome the Real Talk, Carla Barrientos.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Oh, that intro. (laughs) (laughs) I
2: told you, we're going to make everybody feel special. We're going to give these super women, these super friends of ours, their flowers that they so much deserve. Because, you know, although it's just Women's History Month, Every day got to celebrate the the women in our lives, whether they're friends, they're our wives, they're our sisters, they're our teachers, everything. And you're one of those people. And so we're, so we're so honored to have you in our presence, Carla.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you both. All right. <laughs> you know, Carla,
0: let's just get f- to the start, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Are
2: you
0: from Bakersfield? Did you grow up in Bakersfield?
1: I am Bakersfield proud, born and raised. Um, this is my home. This is where I, I started everything. Um, yeah, I... Was born here, Memorial Hospital. Okay, you know, yeah. shout out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I went to local schools here. Um, I finished my um, college education here. I went to CSUB. Go runners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to. I have to drop that. Of um, I got my bachelor's there. I got my master's there. I got my teaching credential there. Uh, who knows? I might go back and get something else at this point. <laughs> You're like, <"What>? You should. <laughs>
0: they, they added a new program. All right,
2: sign me up. Right. Yes, <laughs> I'll get <Yeah>. that. <laughs> You never have enough CSUB in your life, right? Because we're
0: all we're both alumni. Oh yes. no, that, <laughs> yep. that parking situation that we had to deal with when we were recording—I got enough of CSUB. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I'll just tell you that much. <laughs> so, you know, um, when did you find like? Because Matt was telling me that you're an educator, right? Yes. When did you find your love and like realize like, hey, I want to pursue this as like a career? Because I'm—I I remember not va- vaguely. in high school people were making career decisions I wasn't one of them I'll tell you that much but people (laughs) were making career decisions really early on so is that kind of how you fell into it
1: so you know I always had a love of education in my heart from being a young kid because my mom was a a special ed teacher actually and um I would watch her and it 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 was really one of those things where I was inspired but also one of those where it's like well I don't necessarily want to do exactly what my my parent did you know yeah I can do something different, but everything pulled me back to education and, and particularly special education. Um, you know, she worked for the high school district uh, locally and watching her with her students, seeing how they would grow and, you know, some successes and things that we take for granted. Um, you know, the way we eat, they be able to, to talk and communicate our, our, our wants and needs. Those were huge. And I remember feeling so good to watch her, you know, get her students there and changing their lives and changing their families' lives. I mean, it had that ripple effect where it wasn't just about the kid. It was the parents and you know, the grandparents and the siblings. So that really inspired me. And um, when I went to college, I I was like, okay, I want to be a special ed teacher. And then I thought, Oh no, 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 I I don't want to do it. I'm going to go computer science, which was, Uh not <laughs> like yeah. really
0: i took a yeah. computer science class too <laughs> yeah, you,
1: is this? yeah you take one and you're like you know actually i'm good yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i i just kept going back and even you know while i was in college the the jobs and the little side jobs that i would do were always focused on education um whether it be you know being um an instructional aid for children with a child with autism mm-hmm. um i was an after-school program uh provider for a s- local school district i everything was centered around serving and helping children and so i just knew i'm like you got to stop fighting this go for it yeah. um and i went for it and um i started teaching at 21 and i won't say how old i am now <laughs> but you're 22 uh, 22 <laughs> 22
2: <sometimes>, years <laughs> young right <laughs> right yeah oh yeah, to be, yeah. to be- Okay, anyway.
1: Yes, but somehow I <laughs> yes, have like yeah. over 15 years of experience. But someone, but I mean, yeah, you don't yeah, have to do yeah. that. Now. But, uh, you know, all, all jokes aside, really, it's something that is in my heart and I live it, I breathe it, I love it. So, yeah.
2: It, see, I told you. I yeah, told yeah, you, Bob. Yeah, I told great. you she's super. See, and this is the thing like, I have known, you know, full disclosure, I've been a friend of Carla and her husband, uh, um, George. I, I keep on wanting to say Jorge. You can, <laughs> okay. you can. We can say, yes, oh, George, yes, Jorge, can. I love you, bro. He's been a good <laughs> friend to me. And they're both good, good friends. And we've hung out. We've had a great time. We've laughed together. We've served on the Alumni Association board, uh, Association board together at CSUB. But that's the one thing I was always curious about. I want to know more about uh, Carla because Carla is so visible in the community. You see her. We would see her at the, at the board stuff, at the mixers and everything like that. But that's what I'm talking about. Education is so important in our community, and it's people like Carla who are making a difference. And it's very important that all these kids get their resources. But you know what? I do want to talk a little bit about your history. Mm-hmm. Now, when we've gotten together and we talk about our love for Jamaican food and reggae music. Now I know that's a little part of your life. Huh? Kind of give us a little bit about.
1: Okay. Oh, I love. Okay, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, I am Jamaican. My my mom's American. My dad's Jamaican, and it it's something that is. Uh, a, you know, a big sense of pride in 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 my heart, my sister's heart. Um, I, I have a younger sister uh, mm-hmm. who's also Jamaican. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I, have yeah. a better, I love the term. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, born Jamaicans? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know, but Bob, we'll. we'll do I don't know. Every, we'll, we'll every make day, you a mix.
0: every yeah. day, Matt's always all like, "You don't know about this." I was like, "No." He's like, "You're too young. Man. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young." <laughs> anyway, yes, please. yes yeah,
1: we'll So it. it uh, I've been, I, the first time I went to Jamaica, I was two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, visiting with my, my parents and, um, at the time my grandmother was still living, going with years with her, my, my cousins, it just has always been a special place for me. And now with my husband, um, as soon as we started dating, I was like, y- you're going to go to Jamaica with me. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things. Like <laughs> you gotta go to Jamaica. with. I mean, I have brought friends and so he's been, I want to say he's been six times. Oh. Um, and i mean we've been together a long time but every time we can get a good trip going he's like let's go back to jamaica yeah it's just the best i mean i i cook jamaican food so i'm gonna i, I don't want to brag but you know you come to my house you know oh, the, jamaican food. <laughs> the, the right
2: the righteous jerk chicken plantains yes. the the rice on point
1: oh yes yeah. maybe okay. even a rum punch too <laughs> oh
2: george a chicano in jamaica can you imagine that he- <laughs> That's George. Very handsome, always professional, Mm -hmm. always El Catrin. He's got a beautiful Jamaican wife. He's living the dream, baby. (laughs) He's living the dream.
1: All right. Yeah, we give him an honorary Jamaican uh, membership card. (laughs) Yeah, he's the real deal.
0: (laughs) And if he makes you mad on the trip, you give me that back right now, right? (laughs) I I will
1: revoke the card if I need to. (laughs) Yeah, oh, my
0: gosh. So, uh, Bob, come on. Let's let's,
2: okay. let's keep it going. Let's keep extracting this wonderful so, information about Carla. So
0: there's one thing that we want. I want to talk about. You were mm-hmm. talking about, you know, um, you know, just serving and like how it gives you that ripple effect, right? Where um, your your uh, you said your mother was a, a teacher. Yes. Um, is that kind of where you got the like the sense of just serving and helping people, right? Because I think that's a really important reason of why you came into you know not only education but special needs, right? Because mm-hmm. you said it has that ripple effect.
1: Absolutely. And that's a great question. It it was always in me and my mom, uh, you know, she, she's no longer with us. She, she passed in 09. Um, but she had that heart to always give. She was always like a lot of, you know, us who, who've had moms like that, who just, mm-hmm. they, they give all that they can to everyone else. Um, and that, I, it just, I knew that I had to be that same way. So when it comes to, helping the children that I serve, um, our community, it's just something that I have to do. It's, it's what you do as a member of the community. If there's something that you, you have, you can give, you have a special skill, special talent, use that, um, give it back. It'll come back to you. It may not come back to you in the obvious way, but it's going to come back to you and it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really brought up to, to think about not just myself, but think about those around me and how can I help? Um, everybody has a, a, a job to do. Everybody has something special that they can contribute, even if they don't know it in themselves, they have it. Um, they just have to find their niche and it can be kind of scary or nerve wracking to get, put yourself out there and try things. But I mean, helping others is one of the best ways to feel so good. Even if you want to do it selfishly, helping others is one of the best ways to really feel good inside. Uh, so I, I, I try to do as much as I can. I do have two babies now that slow me down a little bit. <laughs> They're so beautiful, too. Oh, They're so you. beautiful. Uh, my little Julian, who's three, and my Gianna, who's seven, six, eight months. I'm like, how old is she? You know, you yeah. get more than one kid, you don't yeah. know, call yeah. them the
0: wrong names. But They're both four years old. Right? They're both four.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, but, you know, what? when you're working with the, with the school district and you mm-hmm. need resources, you need additional help, um, Is it are the school districts, very, I mean, they provide you with everything you need? Is it easy? Is the communi- lines of communication, uh, easy for you
1: you know it really is uh Kern county just has a way of really being connected and helping each other i think that's actually like our special power of our community is is how giving and how helpful we can be so especially with with the times of covid and how things just were so difficult how do we teach kids who their best place is inside the classroom um we really had to be creative and people were leaning on each other. Hey, I like that idea. How'd you do that? Let me steal that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it really, people are really connected and ready to help each other. So it's, I mean, we, we make it, we make it happen. <laughs> oh, I, oh,
2: I, I can imagine, I, you know, you're working with, uh, with kids, with the uh, children with disabilities and it's something that, you know, so often for so many years, those topics just kind of seem they would be ignored. or you talked about, you know, it was like, oh, those are the special ed kids. And you just Mm kind of just went, they, you went along your way and you moved on. There's, there's an issue that has, has to be dealt with from the household with the parents. You know, when you talk about programming to, to engage with parents, to let them know, you know, your child may have a disability. We want him to succeed, want him or her to succeed. How do you approach the, uh, the parents about, you know, making sure that, they also get involved with the education process.
1: So I think when it comes to involving the parents, that's paramount. I mean, nobody knows their child better than their parents, not a teacher, not, you know, it's not a daycare provider, it's the parents. Mm -hmm. So having that connection, that home school connection is absolutely vital. I mean, any support we can provide to um, have them really understand that we're Doing the best we can for their kids, that we we care about them. You know, our our, our heart, our brains, our minds, everything is focused on our, on your baby um, is important. It's it's not always easy because it's it's a difficult journey, but um, it, it's something that we just. We we pour into as much as we can.
2: You gotta have a lot of heart to to stay. Yeah, Yeah. you gotta love it, and we we can tell you do. You know,
0: Carla, we we are running out of time. But Mm -hmm. well, one of the things I told you off air is like, you know, we're not only bringing you on to like give you your flowers Mm -hmm. and congratulate you, you know, but also to inspire maybe someone who's like listening or maybe wants to take the same direction or maybe wants to help and give back to the community but Mm -hmm. don't know how. Right? Um, could you give them some like inspiring words of encouragement or like what you would do in that situation?
1: Yes. um, I would say just get out there. Just take one step. Um, There's there's always some group (laughs) that needs some help, that needs some assistance, that needs a volunteer. You know, you don't have to go and start your own foundation. You can just put yourself out there and take a look and see who's looking for volunteers if it's you know you want to serve in your community um you know that's really how i got started talking to friends and they're like oh i help out here i'm like oh well let me know the next the next you Mm -hmm. know event i'm I'm gonna go and help Uh, you know i'm gonna just be there and so i think just putting yourself out there um keeping your eyes and ears open uh, when it comes to education, there's always a teaching job. If you're looking for a teaching job, and it's <laughs> yeah. like to call me. Okay. I will point you in the right direction. Um, but it, I think it's really just taking that leap. Um, don't, don't think too much. Just go for it. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't say why you can't, you have a special gift. You have something in you that, that is special and you, you can, you can put it out there. It's mm. just, just go, just, just take that leap. just
2: do it Mm -hmm. you know and before we let you go I want to know just real quick Mm -hmm. uh, you are the founder of practical parenting what can you tell about this
1: okay so practical parenting is um, my my other baby Mm -hmm. Um, so it what we do is we support parents in parenting challenges that they experience and and really behavior parenting challenges a lot of my background and, and work has been with behavior and what I find, uh, not only being a parent now, but with a lot of my friends is that a lot of parents just are doing the best they can and find themselves using strategies they don't really love. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm spanking, maybe I'm yelling all the time. And I-, I feel frustrated at the end of the day. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So our focus is really that terrific or terrible twos, <laughs> if you want yeah. to about eight years old. Um, and we really just help parents figure out how to parent in a way that makes them feel good how to coach them up and support them um, we do one-on-one coaching with families we do group coaching um, we're gonna have some workshops coming out in the next couple months just so parents can have some other tools in their tool belt that make them feel good and that work for their family so I have a uh, co-founder Alejandra Garza mm-hmm. with me and we just we this is something that has been in the works for a while but we we think parents could use more support, so we're here. Oh wow! I, yeah. She was
0: bringing this up. I was like, we have to go, but I wish we had more time. <laughs> I know, like that that's is so something serious. that's really important, I mean, right? Yeah. But, well,
2: yeah. we'll have her back because we always do a lot of uh, shows on education. We've mm-hmm. had we've had Superintendent Mary Barlow here, oh, and she gives a lot of information. So. We already know who our uh, our next educator is. Yep. Are you know be what, <laughs> Carla? Thank
0: you so much for coming on. We we appreciate not only what you do in the community, but uh, you coming on and telling your story and and just being very open about it, right? Um. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you. And Matt, do you want to give her some words before we go?
2: Yes, as, we, as we're, uh, you know, closing out, like I said, uh, Women's History Month, you know, make sure that everybody, Carla is a prime example of, the, of those women in our lives that help our communities. You know, the theme of Women's History Month is not only to honor the frontline workers that have been here through the pandemic, but also about the women throughout history mm-hmm. who are always looked upon to heal, you know, heal conflicts. Like I said, uh, mm-hmm. we've had our, our previous guests, it's like, Call, we need we need we need our sister to come and, and squash this issue we need our we need our mom we always call on the women in our communities and carla is a prime example who is is just doing the good work she's a giver of good and so carla we are honored and we uh thank you so much for being on real talk
1: oh thank you both
0: Thank you for listening to Real Talk, the podcast. If you want to catch us on live terrestrial radio every Friday, if you're in the Kern County area, tune in to Forge 103.9 on your radio stations. And if you're somewhere else, Matt, where do you go? Well, from any place in the globe, you
2: can listen live or stream the podcast from Forge1039.com.